G'day, welcome to the Noob Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Shrek. Today we're in for a cracker. We've got Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. This is a round two with Ted, but uh, really excited to launch his new website, freedivingsafety.com. Now, Ted won the Dimitri Kolias Award for basically safety and freediving and spearfishing and contributing to sort of a, the global community. He's an incredible uh, communicator and teacher of freediving, and uh, he specializes in teaching spearfishermen too, So and spearfishing women, sorry about that, spearos, let's just say spearos. And uh, today we, is no different. We cover... Um, Frenzel versus Valsalva, how do you know if you're doing it right? There's tips in there about duck diving, equalizing, uh, and he talks us through a couple of different courses he's got on offer. Now, if you go to freedivingsafety.com, which is just launching now, you can do this free course. And if you complete the quiz at the end of the course, and I'd encourage you to do watch all the videos first because otherwise you'll fail, um, you get an email with a whole bunch of different discount and code offers for all different spearfishing retailers and manufacturers and everything. So it's ph phenomenal. Good value. So freedivingsafety.com, head over and do that. But listen in. This is a cracker of an interview with Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. Enjoy. Adreno Spearfishing are today's proud sponsor of the Noob Spiro podcast. They stock a huge range of equipment that you can find in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and now Perth. That's right, spearfishing.com.au have got a huge range of gear and encourage you to get along. Use the code Noob Spiro, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O and save yourself $20 on every purchase over $200 when you shop online. Crew, just one more thing before we get into this interview with Ted Hardy from immersionfreediving.com. Today we're going to talk a lot about this new website, freedivingsafety.com. It's a free safety course for every Spiro. There's a quiz you do at the end, and then you can get your hands on some awesome discount codes and stuff like that. So definitely check it out, freedivingsafety.com. A couple of things we forget to cover in today's interview uh, is what's covered in this course. And Ted has a video in there that deals specifically with what to do in the event that someone loses motor control and what to do in the event of the surface blackout. Um, so definitely high value. If you're just starting spearfishing and you haven't had any background practicing a rescue, you know, shallow water blackout is one of the worst things that can happen and learning how to deal with it in the event that your buddy loses motor control or has a blackout is crucial. So definitely recommend you check out the course at freedivingsafety.com. Let's hook into this interview with Ted Hardy. All right, g'day Noob Spiro community. You're back again, I'm back again, and today I've got the pleasure of being joined by Ted Hardy, the founder of Immersion Freediving. Welcome, Ted. How are you, man? Doing good. I'm glad to be on the show. and got my coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> back for a punishing round two probably part two of at least part three anyway so um look today we're going to dig into a couple of things so we've got a launch of an exciting new website with a free course for guys freedivingsafety.com tell us a little bit about that and what you're why you're excited about it all right so this is something i've been talking about doing and wanted to do for really a, a long time but basically the premise of the course is this I've been involved, you know, teaching freediving for over 10 years and, you know, and most of my customers are typically spear fishermen. So 
you know, I hear the things that they say. And, and one of the things I hear a lot is, you know, yeah, Ted, I'd love to take those courses, but, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the time to take, you know, three or four days off or I can't afford to take a course. So what I wanted to provide is the way I look at it is this. If you want to get better at freediving, you have to pay an instructor. This is the way it works, right? If you want to learn yeah. to kill yourself, you shouldn't, you, that you shouldn't be like, well, I can't, I can't afford it. Therefore, I, I can't learn safety. So basically what I wanted to do was create a resource uh, from my, you know, trusted and reliable source, just discussing what the rules are, how to be safe and, you know, make it free for, for anyone who wants to sign up. Cool. I love it. I've had a quick look. I've had about a snoop through about three out of the five videos that are on there, and it's phenomenal. There's a couple of articles I've, I, I think I've already read from Sparing Magazine. So there's some phenomenal, phenomenal information in there, and that's free. Yeah, people can find it at freedivingsafety.com. How do they? I mean, obviously, the it's going live sort of today or tomorrow. Um, is there anything else to it? They, is the registration process pretty simple? Oh yeah, it's, it's stupid simple. When you go to the website freedivingsafety.com, it's got big red buttons everywhere. It says you know sign up for free here, and you click the button, and you just put your name and email in, and then it's done. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it'll it'll be launching uh, you know, like you said today or tomorrow. All right, cool. And uh, I mean, we're recording this in advance, obviously, but um, I've, I've had a sneak preview. And uh, one of the dirty things you did in there that I had a giggle at was you've created a quiz for people that complete the complete the course. And uh, and then if they pass it, they get access to a whole bunch of uh, freebies and discounts. Is that right? Yeah. So the idea is, is this. Um, I, created a, I created a quiz um, and I made it so... If you just if you so if you pass the quiz, you're gonna get an email and it's gonna have information from my sponsors, you know, businesses that I work with and support. And some of those sponsors are gonna be giving out discount codes uh, for their products, right? So the idea is if you just jump in the website or go, oh, sweet, I want to get this, you know, discount code from whatever, and you take the quiz, you're gonna fail it, right? Like I designed the quiz so that <laughs> if you you have to sit down and focus and watch through that video. And if you do that, you will have no problem. Uh, uh, passing the quiz. But uh, then once it's done, you're going to get an email uh, with information from my sponsors. And again, some of them are going to be including discount codes. So I think that's pretty cool of them. That's pretty sadistic, Ted. I love this idea. Um, I think we'll have to chuck your discount code for the PDF version of uh, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. Maybe we'll make it like 20 or 30% off so guys can get that cheap as on there. For sure. Absolutely happy to have it on there. All right, cool. Got a free PDF as well. I think 10 Tips to Become a Better Spearer. I'll send that to you as well. You can give that to people free. Yeah, so, sure. um, so they head along to freedivingsafety.com. They they sign up for this this course. It's video delivered. I, I had a, a peek at one of the longer videos in there. Uh, I think it was 18 minutes. And um, it's got a fantastic section of uh, Spiro actually blacking out. And um, I think you're one of the points you're driving home is like you can actually feel fine when you black out and this guy sort of loses all motor control and dumps a whole lung full of air uh, about about three four meters from the surface about 12 feet from the surface it was pretty pretty freaky to watch and he wasn't even diving that deep um tell us a little bit about that 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 process okay so that video uh, I, I love that video. I show that video to whenever I do any presentation at, for to spearfishing, I go to a club, I do a presentation at Blue Wild. Every single class gets this video because that 
is like my final nail in the coffin argument, right? So this video came from Ren Chapman uh, from Evolve Freediving. They're two PFI instructors, Ren and Ashley Chapman. Uh, they run classes out of North Carolina. Um, they were uh, spearfishing. They had just become uh, freediving instructors and they went back to uh, their hometown and they went out spearfishing with some, with some guys. And they said, look, I'm not saying you have to have like a certification card to come out diving with us, but, you know, we're instructors now. We, you know, we need to be doing things safe. Like we need to do one up, one down. And, you know, you know, we do watch each other. And, and I can tell from looking at you, you're wearing too much weight. And the guy's like, look, I've been doing this for 30 years, Ren, which is, by the way, longer than you've been walking around on this planet. I've never had a problem. You know, I, I don't I don't push myself. It's, I'm fine. Right. So he, this guy has 30 years of experience as a spear fisherman. They are diving in 50 foot of water, which is what he dives in all the time. Right. So in no way is this, you know, him diving 30 feet deeper than he should be. Right. He had done eight dives to that same spot in the video. And then one of those dives, boom, he goes out. Right. And so what I love about this video is everyone says, look, Ted, I you know, appreciate all the safety stuff you're doing. And, you know, my kids, absolutely. They need to be doing this. But I, I, you know, I've never had a problem. I don't push myself. I know my limits. I would just I just come up before I black out. It's always worked for me. And what this video shows now, I can when in the class, I have the time to explain the physics. I can prove why you won't know it's coming in the ocean. But that video proves it. That guy, yeah. 30 years of experience, he had no idea that anything was wrong. So the question I always ask in the classroom is, so tell me the point in that video when he asked for help. And the students always go, uh, he didn't. I mean, exactly, because he knew that nothing was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty convicting. Uh, like Even lately, like I got out for a weekend two weeks ago, and I was, found myself falling back into some bad habits. And I talk to spear fishermen every other week, and I hear these horrible blackout stories but it takes this visual reminder every now and then to make you think all right you know my, my waiting's actually pretty good but sometimes my buddy behavior is is not great and uh i i i, I still i still fall into bad habits and uh i know the bulletproof buddy buddy protocol and i wanted to chat with you again about that today because i think it's fantastic last time we did a podcast i, I just really enjoyed it and i did my scuba diving instructors tickets and i still forgot you know just this basic premise so i want to get into that again so um but yeah yeah no, i think all experienced divers are guilty of it we just sort of fall back into bad habits and start diving out on our own and and overweighting is a huge problem in the spearfishing community so i love that you cover that off in the video so cool Tell us a little bit about this bulletproof buddy protocol. How how do guys make being a buddy a reality? Yeah, so I mean, you know, when I you know again, if I go to like let's say some spearfishing club in Miami invites me to come down, and one of the things I talk about is you know you want to be diving in teams and you want to be close enough to grab when your buddy surfaces, you want to be within arm's reach of them. The simple reason, if they have a problem and you're within arm's reach of them, it's very simple to fix it. But the reality is, especially for spear fishermen, you hit the surface and your buddy's 100 feet down the reef trying to shoot a bigger fish than you so they can put it on Instagram. So the the, the compete because they're competing against each other, right? And so that what creates this safety issue. Now, when I say you're supposed to be close enough to grab, it's not like the spear fishermen are like, oh, wow, that's an amazing idea. I'll do that tomorrow. Absolutely, Ted. They, they know they're supposed to. They just don't want to, right? Or they try to, and then they just can't get it done. And I can remember when I first started spearfishing, 
that was what was happening to me. I had taken the course. Uh, before I took the course, I was completely unsafe, diving myself, doing all the stupid things I used to do, didn't know any better. But then when I took the course, I immediately wanted to start diving in teams, spearfishing, but it didn't work. Like it was it was hard. I'd come up from a dive and I'd be screaming at my buddy because I'm like, God damn it, what the hell are you doing over there? You're supposed to be watching me. And she's like, no, you're supposed to be watching me. We're arguing. And I just remember getting pissed off all the time because it just wasn't working. And we were two people that were trying to make it work. Um, yeah, yeah. And it reminded me and then I had to, I was laughing because we were arguing at each other and then I remembered this is how I fix it in scuba I used to work as a dive instructor when I used to get a lot on the boat is we get, get the couple and they come on the boat bickering at each other because they get separated and the yep. one guy comes up to me and he's like I need to take one of your you know navigation courses because you know we just we always get separated we blah 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 and I said no you don't 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 need to take a course I can solve that in two minutes and they're they that both you know got their attention they're like what I'm like yeah absolutely you guys get separated all the time, yeah, all the time. and then they start arguing and I say look I can solve that right now first question when you jumped in the water who was the designated leader and who was the designated follower exactly you were both leaders that's why you both <laughs> that's why it doesn't work right yeah, so yeah what I would tell the scuba divers to do is when you jump in the water if you do two dives on one dive one person's the leader second person's the follower the follower follows that person's fin tips the whole dive and then on the next dive you switch so it's no different for spearfishing. You jump in the water. If you got two guys, uh, even better, three. But if you got two, it's it's simple. First guy, right, who you just designate who's first. And whoever's first, he's the leader. The leader gets to go wherever they want. They don't have to communicate to the follower. They just ignore it. They just go do what they need to do. If you're the follower, you just follow that guy's fin tips, go wherever he goes, no discussion, no talking about it. When that person makes a dive, you're watching him. When that person comes up, you're right there close enough to grab and then immediately switch. Now you're the leader and the other person's the follower. And what's so awesome about this is you, I remember when I was about to make a dive, I'm always having to pop my head out of the water, look around, where's my buddy? Are you watching me? You're watching me, cool, all right, good. And then just doing that, messes up my diver. Then, you know, I get out of breath and I'm not relaxed as I'm like having to check that everyone's watching me. So when you do it yeah. this way, you don't need to do anything because you just know that that person's watching you. So it's really, really it. easy and it's really effective. All right, cool. Hey, you've got some specific examples of where having a buddy would be more likely to land a fish. What have you got for us? Yeah. So, so again, I, um, I've been teaching free diving for a long time and one of the things I learned when I started is I would run into my, so this is, you know, when I was a brand new instructor and I'd run into some of my students after the class and I'd be like, oh, you know, and I'm like, what's up? And it's like, oh man, you know, the course was awesome. Like, oh, cool. He's like, oh yeah, I'm diving, you know, way deeper, you know, spearfishing's great. You know, I'm, it's just been awesome. I'm like, oh cool. Where do you go? So I go out from, from shore. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Who you go with? It's like, oh, you know, I just, I go uh, just by myself, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm killing it. I'm doing awesome. And I'm like, go out by yourself. Like that's, you know, that's not what I said in class, but you know, whatever, you know, maybe he's an idiot. I can't control what he's doing. So I'm just, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. And then two weeks later, I run into another student, you know, oh man, the class was awesome. I was out there and, you know, was doing really well. And, and then I come to find out, you know, he's got, he's diving on his boat by himself. Then I've got a friend saying he ran into two of my students and they're diving and they're not paying any attention to anyone. And they're, you know, and I'm like, well, one of the things that I teach in my instructor program is what if I'm teaching instructors, I say, when your student does something wrong, 80% of the time, it's your fault. Most of the time, it's the instructor's fault. And so when I kept hearing these stories of my students not being safe, I'm like, well, he's an idiot. Well, I, I can't control that. And then I'm like, uh-oh. 
wait a minute. <laughs> they seem yeah. to be not getting what I'm saying. It's not that they're an idiot. I'm not doing the job. I'm not convincing them. So what I learned is after a couple of years, I was doing what a lot of freediving instructors do. I was giving them the information on how to be safe, but I was not convincing them to be safe, right? Those are yeah. two different things, <laughs> right? And yeah, so, sure. so then now when I finish my, so I've completely changed the way I teach safety. In fact, it's now like a three hour process. It used to be like a 45 minute process. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of do my, my first, you know, go at it and then I jokingly say, all right, so at this point, you know, I've made it pretty clear, like if you follow these rules, this is how you're going to not die when you're out there. Uh, but what I found is giving students the tools to not kill themselves is not convincing enough for them to implement these procedures. I, I find that a little odd. So now I know that since that's not enough information, now I'm going to give you examples of how you will put more dead fish in the cooler by hunting in teams. You know, that little part about not dying, just don't worry about that. That's a little bonus. Don't focus on that. <laughs> Let's focus on how we're going to put more dead fish in the cooler. So here's the examples that I go through. All right. So situation number one, you're by yourself or you're with with buddies, but, you know, they're not paying attention to you, which is basically no different than being by yourself. Right. So here's the situation. Situation number one, you make a drop. You put a shot on a fish. And it tears off, right? It's not a holding shot. So if you're by yourself, here's what basically happens. You're going to go up to the surface and you're going to think, I've got to get a second shaft in this fish as quick as possible for two reasons. One is either going to swim off or two, a shark's going to get it. So now when you're at the surface, you are in essence forced to hyperventilate, <laughs> breathe really fast so you can get back down there as fast as possible. Mm. This creates two problems. Number one, hyperventilating, breathing in that aggressive manner increases the risk for blackout. And secondly, because you're trying to get down there as fast as you can, your dive time is going to be shorter than your normal dive time, right? So here's yeah. this question I have for you. So you just shot a fish, it tears off. What is more likely to put that fish in the cooler? If you come up to the surface, you're by yourself and you're by yourself going to try to go get down there. Or when you hit the surface, you have a buddy who's breathed up, saw what happened, sees where the fish is, and that person can go get it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, what's more likely to put the fish in the cooler when there's a second yeah. person? So like Jeremy Gamble, he's the owner of Spirit Magazine. What he does, if he has a fish tear off, all he does is this. When he heads up to the surface, he, he actually always hunts in three-person team, right? Three-person team is where it's at because now you've got a buddy watching Jeremy, and then that third person can can fix that fish. So all Jeremy does when he heads up to the surface, he just make puts his fingers out and says two, and that means put a second shot in. That's all he has to do. He just comes up, his fingers say two, that third person peels off and goes puts a second shot in the fish, right? So there's an example of having a buddy would help. That's one. Oh, okay. I like it. Right? Another one. So now you're making a drop, you're cruising along the bottom, and you're like, yep, I got to go up, right? So you take, you know, three, four kicks off the bottom, and then boom, right? And then you see the mutton snapper, right? And so, but you got to go up. So, all right, so you're flying up to the surface. Two scenarios. Scenario one, you're by yourself. Now, notice the fish that I said. I said mutton snapper, not hogfish. If it was a hogfish, you can go back on the boat, have a sandwich, come back, get your plastic fork. It'll be sitting right there, and you can have the hogfish. I said mutton snapper, which is not a uh, easy fish to get. Right. So the idea is if you're on the surface, you see that mutton snapper, you're like, shit, I got to get down there. He might leave the area. And again, because you're by yourself, you're going to be a tendency to be over breathing, hyperventilating, possibly increasing risk for blackout. And you're not going to take the rest you need because you want to get back down there as quickly as possible. 
Yeah. Unsnapper do not respond well to you sprinting at them because you're running out of your breath hold, right? You need to, for those fish, you need to be, you know, in fact, still, maybe you can make them come to you. But the idea is if you're on a short breath hold, that is not what you need to land that fish. If you come up, again, this is what Jeremy does. He hits the surface and he says, hey, see that coral head where I was right past that? There's a mutton snapper. Go get it. So the question is, which is the most likely way to put that fish in the cooler? Yeah, 100%. So you pass it off. But this requires a complete shift in mentality because now you're talking about what the team does. In fact, you're giving up that fish. You are not going to shoot that fish. You are letting your friend shoot the fish. So it's a different mentality. So, you know, what I always said is if you look at what the team can do, and now when you get back to the dock, the team gets fish. We You fly the fish and everyone gets the fish, right? And so I one of my students is like, what? but no, no, that's no, you're like a damn communist. No, that's my damn fish, right? You don't share the fish. Everyone gets their own fish, right? So, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Some spear fishermen, right? You know, this is my fish. They put an X in it. Like, this is my you know, 17 inch one. Yours is a 16 inch. I don't want your shitty fish. And, you know, it's all very specific. <laughs> if you just looked at it, and said, what can this three-person team do? Yeah, You're going to do better than fighting against each other, right? So that's the thing <laughs> Jeremy Gamble always talks about. It's like, after I took your course and we started doing it three-person teams, you know, instead of fighting against each other, he's like, because I needed it. He's like, it was, it was no, it was obvious. We were putting, you know, we were putting more fish in the cooler, hunting together as a team instead of fighting against each other. And then you get that little bonus of, you know, not dying. I, I, it's funny while you were talking i was just remembering i watched a video on um sparing channel today they got a phenomenal channel on uh, on facebook and and instagram and uh there's a dude and he drops down the vis is terrible it's probably like maybe maximum 20 feet and um he's crawling along the bottom and he finally lines up a fish and then out of nowhere his mate just dive bombs he must they must be in 50 60 feet of water this guy dives past him and shoots the same fish on a downwards 45 degree angle completely snakes him and i was thinking that that's happened to me before as well and a fish ended up coming out like looking like a porcupine it actually had three shafts in it by the time <laughs> so like it is definitely a different mindset getting into the team into the team mentality but it's a good one it's a good habit to get into and uh, Jer and Jeremy's a good dude. What about have you got another a third scenario for us? Where well, everybody's been? I, I always bring up is you know another thing to think about is is you know so one place where people are pretty good uh, about about buddies is the Bahamas, right? And the reason they're good about buddies is not so much because the blackout it's because they're worried about the sharks right because it's uh, yeah, yeah. sharky so what the smart teams are doing is let's say they put a grouper they shoot a grouper and then it gets holed up okay right so you're down there with your head up under this rock trying to pull this grouper out right so the smart teams are putting a second person down that's literally back to the guy under the rock and he's just looking out to to fend off any sharks right yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing it that way. So, but again, here's the same scenario. And, you know, if you've ever had a grouper rocked up you, or whatever fish, you're familiar with it, right? If you are by yourself, here's what happens. You're like, all right, that fish is rocked up. I got to get it out of there. It's thrashing around. It might go out the back door or, you know, a shark's going to come in and get it. And so what happens is if you're by yourself, you're at the surface, you're winded because you just fought a fish. And now again, 
you're hyperventilating, you go back down, maybe you get 30 seconds to work at it, you don't got it, you come up and now you're like, shit, I gotta get down there, and then you're breathing and you go back down again, and then you get 20 seconds to work at it, and then you come up and you're even more tired, and each time you go down, you get less and less time because you're stressed and winded, right? Now, if you're in a two or three person team, I mean, obviously you see where this is going, the idea is that person is rested, the third person is completely rested, and now each person goes down, you have the, you're gonna have much better bottom time, so you're more likely to get the fish. Secondly, a lot of times the fish will sneak out the back door, and if you got someone on the surface, you're like, yeah, he went out over here, right? And then you see all that, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You've got more eyes on it. So again, it's just another scenario where if you are hunting as a team, you are more likely, in all these scenarios that I just described, I've never heard anyone say, oh, it's more likely the fish would land in the cooler if you were by yourself. They all say, well, yeah, more likely they would end the cooler if you were doing what I'm talking about on this team. And the whole point of spearfishing, as I understand it, is to put fish in the cooler, right? And come back home safely. And so this does both of that. Yeah, love it. Um, some some of the problems I've had where this falls down a little bit is diving with inexperienced divers, and there's a big um, difference in ability. I find it very hard to dive, you know, consistently for three or four hours with a guy who's, you know, really just getting started. Maybe they're in that, you know, they're only in 25, 30 feet. And at some point of the day, I just... I, <laughs> I get bored and I, I just I just want to go out and I want to you know shoot some deeper ledges or something like that and the other thing is when when you're in shallower water all of that surface noise that inexperienced divers make just like scares off every good yeah, fish when they're splashing around and floundering around at the surface yeah and I, this is just one of the sacrifices you make when you take out an experienced guys but it's it's a huge deal like if you if you're only getting out for 10 dives a year and you're taking taking out experienced inexperienced guys for half of that you're really you know you're giving them your your free time um because you know to be a good buddy sometimes it means taking one for the team and just diving at their level so yeah any advice in that situation ted i mean the, the question is, when you're diving with them sh- sh- on the shallow side, how to get them to calm down or? Yeah, I just, you know, like, like new guys, like, you notice experienced sparrows straight away. Like, as soon as they've been in the water hunting for two or three years, their whole body and the way they move just changes and they're quiet. And it doesn't matter how, how much coaching people get in that first year, they just need more time in the water and then they're not even aware of how the noises they're making are impacting the wildlife around them, particularly in, in, in shallower water because, you know, like the fish can see your silhouette and they can hear the noise and it's all big and big shapes and shadows on the surface. They're out of there, you know. And so the one thing that, 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 you know, that I see even to this day and it just makes me cringe is the, is that when they're starting their entry and those fins are just flopping in the air, right. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, fins don't work in air. They only work in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes all that noise. And I just see that. And yeah. it's, you know, but, but I mean, all of my students, you know, first day in the pool, they're all kicking like that, right. Cause they don't know any better. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, teach that good entry, but that's one of the things that you'll see is that experienced beer fisherman, they do that entry it's it's calm it's quiet right and then you see that new person like you're talking about they're you know floundering around like you know crazy person yeah 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 that one le- that one legged and that two legged sort of um entry you know where you where you're using the force of your lower body on a pen on a is it sort of like 
you're using physics to force your body down rather than trying to brute force your way down. Like it's just, I mean, if you do a 90 degree bend so that your head is pointed straight down to the bottom, you pull one knee up to your chest and then you straighten it up in the air. At that point, you are going to be straight up and down. Your feet is going to be directly above your head and gravity does the work without doing anything. You're going to start sinking the six, nine feet without moving the muscle. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. as you start sinking one arm pull, if you're spearfishing, you're just going to pull with your other arm and then start kicking down you go. So it's interesting. Uh, this is something I, uh, I, uh, I'm working on with uh, Jeremy. So another one of the courses I'm going to be doing is a course on uh, the entry, right? Because that is something I spend probably an hour and a half, if not maybe two hours on in the pool in my courses, because uh, yeah, it's the yeah. most, it's the trickiest thing. Like I always joke with the students that are struggling, I'm like what? You can't remember those 14 steps and do them in perfect order in two and a half seconds. Like, what's your problem? Right? It's, it's, a, lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Um, and so I've created uh, uh, basically a, a course on it's not finished yet, but where uh, I'm going through all of that. I'm going through all of the common mistakes that students make that I've been doing this for 10 years. I know all the mistakes they're going to make. Now, that course in and of itself to the people listening, it's kind of like, eh, that, that's, maybe that's interesting, but not really. What do I care about? Some free to ever talk about how to. So to make it interesting, the 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 here's the thing. Almost all of these free diving classes are, are at least where I am, 80, 90 percent of them are spearfishing. Right. And there's no there's no spearfishing. There's no gun. There's no nothing in the class. And then they go back home and they have to figure out how to integrate what they learned in class with spearfishing. Uh, yeah. I know from experience that uh, I had a student, Angie Anderson. Um, I think she might have been on your podcast once. Um, but anyway, she uh, she took the uh, if she hasn't, you should uh, interview. I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards about why you should. But anyway, um, she uh, said she's like she took the course. She loved it. She went home and she went out to her normal waters. And as soon as she got in the water, she just kind of reverted back to what she normally did. And she's like, God damn it. I didn't spend all that damn money and all that time to, to take that course and come back and just do what the hell I was doing before. Right. So <laughs> she had to, you know, work on it to integrate how to make everything work with spearfishing. So what I've done is I've got the course is going to be on the, you know, traditional freediving entry, right. But there's the mechanics of what you're talking about, right? Like, you know, an experienced spear fisherman, you watch them do it. They look, everything looks good. You see the other person floundering around. Clearly there's a disconnect between the two. So yeah. the course teaches how to do it correctly. And then I went out and filmed Jeremy Gamble and he's going to be explaining because he's taken my course. He does my entry exactly the way I teach it, but how to make it work with the big gun, right? Yeah. So I've got video footage of him. And so you can see, like, here's the way I do the entry. Here's the way he's doing. But here's how he does it uh, with the spear gun. So I think it will be very uh, valuable because you've got the two things, right? You've got your textbook, you know, freediving entry. And then from an experienced spear fisherman, how he does it. So I've got video footage of him. And then he's going to be just kind of narrating over it, explaining what he's doing, why he's doing. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, nice. I, I think um, getting your duck dive right is like a huge, huge win. It's completely unrelated everyone's working on these big breath hold techniques and stuff and it's like you know like they, they're focusing on the surface and releasing all the tension from their body and they have a good surface interval and a huge breathe up and then they do this mental crap duck dive where their arms are splayed everywhere and they're you know there's no you know they're not hydrodynamic at all they're panicked and then they've lost all that those gains that they've got on the surface doing the little things right they've lost it in that duck dive and then you know like 
And the, the difference between a good duck dive and a bad duck dive is like, you know, like it's like you said, like 10, 12 feet um, till you start really having to start fin, fin and, finning and working hard again. And um, yeah, like jeepers, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a big one and it's, it's, it's experience, time in the water, but definitely like learning some technique helps. Spearing Magazine, it is the world's best spear fishing magazine. If the Noob Spiro podcast was a magazine, it'd be Spearing Magazine. That's how good it is. And even better, it's great value for money. Jeremy, the head honcho at Spearing Magazine, has just sent us an email and told us that, guys, you can get the eight-issue back catalogue for $30 US plus shipping. That's $3.75 a magazine plus shipping. That's a bloody bargain. So do yourself a favour, get some fodder for the toilet. You know there's nothing else to do there but sit and read. Get some spearing magazines in there amongst all those Women's Weekly. It's going to be, it's an absolutely fantastic mag. Check it out. Email jeremy, J-E-R-O-M-Y, at spearingmagazine.com. Yeah, I guess one of the other big problems that I see like with new guys is like they're trying to work on too many things at the same time um, and you know like it's hard when when everything you do is like new then you're going to be terrible at everything so it's hard to focus in on one facet of your diving at a time and like you know we've, we've talked about a couple of the things that people can work on today to make a huge difference so so well you know one thing you so i guess you went back to what i would recommend now you know again you're already giving up a lot of your time so maybe this is something that's is too much but um is you know you know, let's say, I mean, you're probably not going to do this with everyone, but let's say you had a really good buddy who was really excited to go and he's a personal friend of yours and you wanted to go out is, man, if you would just go to a pool with just masking and snorkel and just yeah. work on the duck dive, because it's too much. When you get a new person, there's waves, maybe they're seasick. Oh my God, there's fish. And then there's a spear gun. And then you're trying to, it's just, yeah. it's just too much. Right. But you know, you know, you don't need, I mean, you don't need to be a freediving instructor. If you've got experience, you can take someone to a pool and, and spend 20 minutes with them and just start, you know, watch what I do. You do it. And, you know, it, a good entry is such the good way to start the dive because when you do it, especially when you're new and you know what it's like to suck at it, then when you yeah. do it right, you, you first start of this dive is this is going to be awesome. When you're new, you start that injury and you're floundering, you're flailing, your heart rate's up and you already are like, shit, 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 shit. That's not how you want to start your dive, right? You want to start yeah, yeah. confidence. Uh, 100%. Like, uh, lately, I've been encouraging the guys to come down and join us. We've actually got a, a free dive training for Spiro's clinic that's kind of run here in Brisbane on an ongoing basis. So it's almost like 70% uh, Spiro's, 30% free divers. And last night, we had 42 people show up. Wow. 27 people there for a, yeah, yeah. Brisbane, the Brisbane Bull Sharks. I've been training down there two times a week. And uh, there's a lot of new people coming in. And, you know, the first induction in the pool, they're learning how to do a basic rescue and, you know, and then they're slowly starting to work on their technique and some of the more experienced guys sort of are always giving advice and stuff like that. So it's a great place to learn and, and uh, without all the distractions of equipment and stuff like that. But like sort of like you alluded to, like with what you're doing with Jeremy, they've got to take that from the pool and then implement it into their ocean diving as well. But the good thing with an ongoing pool group is like, you know, you can just progressively improve things. It's not like a, you know, one-time fix-all sort of thing. I guess it's... A, 
it's the same thing with some of your video courses, which I wanted to sort of talk about next, you know, like, so we've got the free safety course available up on freedivingsafety.com. And uh, I'm going to get behind that with uh, the 99 tips, give you a discount code on there. Um, you've got a You've got a couple of other courses I'm excited about as well. And we've had a, a host of listeners go through and do some of your equalizing courses before. I've had a personal friend that did a Skype session with you back in the day. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these other things you've got going on in the background. So the, the equalizing course, what happens in that? Okay, so the equalizing course, um, that came about because I, I, when I started teaching freediving in 2009, uh, one of the things that was very common in the entry level course is half the students would get stuck at 15 feet. Like they yep. just wouldn't get past 15 feet. And I'm, you know, I'm brand new. I'm, I don't know why, why, you know, why the hell can't you go past 15 feet? And then, you know, I'm hearing from, you know, cause I worked with in the beginning with performance free diving. I worked for Kirk and Mandy, you know, Kirk's the guy that started performance free diving. And then, you know, I'm hearing him talk about, Oh, well, the, because they're doing Valsalva and you need to be doing Frenzel and, and I'm watching him try to teach Frenzel. I'm like, Oh, this seems really complicated. So I, you know, I, I started, you know, right off the bat finding out that if you are not equalizing the correct way, you're going to be stuck at 15, maybe 30 feet. And so, you know, it took a couple of years where I got kind of where I understood the issue. I got better at teaching it. And then I branched out and I started immersion on my own. And right. So I'm, I've got my you know brand new little business and I don't want my students, especially when I'm new and I only have like five students. I don't want them to walk away from me stuck at 15 feet because I don't yeah, care yeah. what the class is. They're going to be like, mm, I kind of sucked. <laughs> I got to yeah, yeah. So I immediately started implementing Skype sessions where you were required to do a Skype session with me. And what I would do is I would look at you on Skype. I would see how you would equalize. And if you're equalizing via Valsalva the wrong way, I would say, okay, let's, let's, I want to get this sorted before you get to class. And so I would do this whole thing. It would take maybe an hour, two hours. So for about eight years, I did that with every single student that I had <laughs> two hours. like think about how much time I'm just going to and I'm just saying the same thing over and over again so after about six years I realized okay the first 30 minutes of every one of these conversations is word for word the same because I'm explaining what is Valsalva what is Frenzel how do you tell which one you're doing why is it that Valsalva doesn't work why you have to be doing Frenzel so eventually I said okay let me put that on video and so I would say before the Skype session, you got to watch this 30 minute video. And then once I would get them on the phone on the Skype, then I would start troubleshooting the issues. And so I was like, sweet, that saves me. You know, now I'm only doing 30 minutes to an hour. And then at some point I'm like, All right, this is just ridiculous, right? Like I'm just, this, this needs to be done another way. Um, yeah. So that's when I guess it was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, I created this roadmap to Frenzel, this online course. Right. I've taught literally over 500 people how to switch from Valsalva to Frenzel. So in my mind, it's a flow chart. Like I can on a board, I can diagram my method of learning to do Frenzel. Now, what makes it really interesting, this video, because a lot of videos about how to do Frenzel, but none of them are like this. And what I call it, I say it's interactive. And what I mean by that is there's four, I think it's 13 or 14 videos um, over two hours of content. But basically you start and at the end of video one, it will say, OK, I want you to do this. And if you can do it, awesome, perfect. You're gonna watch video number two. If you can't do it, don't worry. I know exactly why you're having that problem. You are gonna go watch video number four. And right, so in essence, you get navigated through the videos 
based on whatever problems you're having. And if you have a problem, uh-huh. it's, I've seen hundreds with an S times. And so I'm just going to send you to the video that solves that problem. Right. So it's uh, in essence, it's, it's, it's basically like doing a Skype session with me. Right. Um, and it's it's not only does it have this whole Valsalva Frenzel thing, it's also got a lot of, you know, uh, other general tips for equalizing uh, that a lot of new people and even experienced people uh, don't know about it. So I'm really, really excited about that course. It's made my life so simple because now my students walk into the door and they're doing the Frenzel and I don't have to do nothing. Right. So I love it. And I even have a lot of freediving instructors, even from different agencies. I have some instructors that pay for it and then give it to their students before they, they're like, you have to go watch this. I have two instructors that pay for every student to take that course from me so that, that when they show up to their door, they're already doing friends with they don't have to spend the time messing with it. Yeah, nice, nice. Def- definitely the, one of the benefits of like creating a video training and when you've had the amount of experience teaching people that you have, I can see exactly how you could lay out a roadmap for that. So that's extremely effective. Where can people find that that equalizing course, the roadmap to Frenzel? So all of my, so there's a couple of ways. Um, all, you can, all of my online courses, you can go to onlineclasses.immersionfreediving.com. Another way you can do it is if you just go to immersionfreediving.com on the menu bar at the top, you'll see online courses and you can go there that way, right? So you can either go from immersionfreediving.com or you can go to directly onlineclasses.immersionfreediving.com. Now, one thing real quick I'll I'll just go over with the listeners is how do you know if you're doing Valsalva or Frenzel, right? So if you are struggling as a freediver spear fisherman to equalize your ears in the 15 to 30 foot range, that's a good size sign that you're doing it wrong. You may notice that you struggle to equalize on the way down, but as soon as you turn around and head up, you equalize no problem, right? So those are pretty good indications that you're doing Valsalva. Now, the way to test completely is, you know, so if you want to find out what you're doing, basically just sit down, uh, put one hand on your stomach, pinch your nose with the other hand and do five equalizations in a row. If you feel your stomach clenching every single time you equalize, right, that is a very good sign that you are doing Valsalva, and that is why you're having the issues that you're having. And if that's what's going on, you need to learn to do Frenzel, and that's what my course teaches. Yeah, magic, magic. All right, so I'm going to link that up in today's show notes so guys can come and have a look at the Roadmap to Frenzel course. And I'm, and, uh, and I'm going to give you guys a, a 20% discount code for, for all of those courses. Ooh, uh, sweetening it up. I love it. My listeners love that too, Ted. Thank you for that. Uh, that's magic. 20%, 20% off roadmap to friends. That's pretty cool. Um, I was going to say one of the other biggest things I've learned about equalizing lately is hydration. It's a, it's a, it makes a huge difference. Like um, when you're out spearfishing on a boat all day out for six or seven hours and you don't get enough fluids, it's actually hard and it's actually really hard to get your fluids up high enough so that you actually stay hydrated. Like I think every time I get home from a dive, I'm dehydrated. Um, is, is that something you see as well? Oh, for sure. So number one, you know, hydration, when the students sit down in class, the first thing they see is there's water for everyone. And I talk about how hydration uh, is super important for equalization because, as you mentioned, dehydration is a problem because when you get dehydrated, the everything gets uh, like the ear canal, the, the, it gets sticky, right? So you're more likely yeah. to get stuck and get blocked. And one of the reasons you get so dehydrated as a free diver, uh, as I'm sure you've noticed, you pee like crazy, right? Yeah. And so you just become super, super dehydrated. So definitely it's um, important to uh, you know, kind of go out of your way to, to stay hydrated, you know, but, you know, a couple hours before you get in the water. 
Yeah, I was reminded of that uh, recently from Luke Potts at Aquatic Rehab TV. And, uh, man, it, it, it makes a huge difference just um, getting some uh, more electrolytes and, uh, and even just cold water, not just fish-covered water from in the, in, the, in the cooler or the esky either. Uh, just some, some, some stuff out of the bag is great. Um, that's made a big difference. The other thing I noticed is you've got a course on how to take a bigger breath. So everyone wants more fuel on the bottom so they can get a bit more time down there. Uh, how, how to, how to, is this course in the same place? They just go to immersion freediving? And- same place. Um, so the idea is this is one of my free courses as well as the safety course. Uh, but the idea is, is one of the first things, you know, the students learn in my class is, you know, I said that you're going to take the biggest breath you've ever taken. Um, and they typically roll their eyes. Funny, I actually had a story of a guy who's now, he was a PFI instructor trainer, but he, he took his class from me when I was in Grand Cayman. It was the first intermediate course I ever taught on my own. So I was super nervous and scared. And he walks into the classroom and I said, you're going to take the biggest breath you've ever taken. And he like rolls his eyes. He's like, whatever. And, you know, I show him this thing and, you know, he couldn't believe it. He now went out to be a U.S. national record holder. But, but the idea oh, wow. is you're going to – if you want to increase your bottom time, the easiest way to do that is take down more fuel. So this is the method that I teach all my students. You're going to teach 20 to take 20 to 30 percent bigger breath uh, than what you're doing right now. So, again, it's free course and then you can take it. Uh, it's just like directly from like sitting in the classroom with me. Yeah, yeah, awesome. 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 So everyone can find that at immersionfreediving.com. Um, and let, me, but let me let me I want to go over something real quick. Right. So you mentioned you were talking about the water for for hydrating, right? Yeah. So I'm going to share with you another huge uh thing that i've been doing for seven eight years so as a free diving instructor i'm diving my butt off right i'm doing five times the amount of dives as the students do i do one-fifth the amount of rest because you know they're resting between dives and i'm you know these instructors you do a lot of dives and i am wrecked at the end i'm so tired right especially in the intermediate course i'm doing 100 foot dives all day so one of the things that i do is, and I learned this from Kirk uh, probably 10 years ago, and it absolutely works. So if, you, if you're if you on my class, when you see me on the boat trip back, I'm always drinking the shake. And everyone's like, what the hell is that? So it's something called Endurox, right? You can get it at GNC. Um, it is a it's not a it's not a it's a it's a recovery drink. Um, so I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I have some of the students that do all the endurance athletes where they, you know, they do the marathons and then they do the other like three marathons in a row or all that crazy stuff that they do. But they all, all know about Endurox. Right. So it's a recovery drink. Um, and what it does is it just makes me not exhausted. Right. Because when you're out in the water all day, you just, you know, you come home and it's like maybe you cook dinner and you pass out. Right. So here's what I found is I would um, try to remember to always bring in Durox on the boat. But okay. what happens is I'm forgetful, extremely forgetful. And so Kathy, my girlfriend, would always be like, hey, you know, remember to – so I have to put the Endurox out on the counter the night before, otherwise I'll forget it. So there's one class, and she's like, hey, remember, you know, didn't put your Endurox on the counter. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. And I put the Endurox on the counter. And then I'm in the morning going about my business trying to get ready for the boat. She's like, no, no, remember, make, make your Endurox. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. And then sometimes I'll make the Endurox. I don't even put it, and I leave it in the house. And she's like, oh, take the Endurox, remember, put it in the truck. And I'm like look, what is up your butt? Why, why are you so on, on me about this Endurox? And she goes, well, let's just say that I found that I tend to have a more pleasurable evening the days that you take the Endurox. I'm going to pass out, right? So there's that other side benefit that I don't think Endurox is, is properly marketing. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So it's, it's chock a block full of magnesium, and there's some other goodies in there as well, is, is it? Yeah. And so the the one thing I suggest, if you're going to get the Endurox, all kidding aside, it is it it absolutely makes. I would be shocked if you would not take that after a, a, a long day of diving and not feel better, uh, not feel as tired that night. Um, and if you do get the chocolate, all the other flavors are disgusting. Uh, the chocolate one's great. Like I, I think it's a treat. I like it. All right, cool. I'm going to look that up in the show notes. <laughs> I think there might be a few uh, take takers for Endurox. That's awesome, Ted. So, um, like, one of the big points of the chat today was definitely chatting about this free course up at freedivingsafety.com. Um, and then I'm going to link up all these other things we've chatted about as well. It's at immersionfreediving.com. Was there anything else we needed to cover off today, Ted? Um, well, so one other uh, course that I'm going to be working, I'm actually filming it right now. Um, and it's going to be on kind of the training side, right? So I get a lot of questions on, you know, how can I get better at free diving? How can I improve my breath hold? How can I get comfortable at depth? Um, so I'm going to be going over what, in my opinion, is the three most effective and time efficient ways to improve your free diving at home, dry, without a buddy, meaning you don't have to go to the pool. You don't have to go to the ocean, right? This is all stuff that anyone can do in your pajamas, you know, sitting on the couch. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that because I get a lot of questions about that. Awesome. That's good. And uh, we've had a couple of cracker interviews recently. Like uh, by, by the time this interview goes live, there's an interview live with Dr. Yarp Verbas. I'll have to put you on to him as well, Ted. Uh, he's an interesting character for talking about spearfishing training as well. So um, awesome, solid, man. All right. So um, just wrapping up, I really got a lot out of the buddy section today and uh, some of the benefits. It reminded me of why it's better to dive with a buddy. So uh that's pretty cool, man. And um, we'll have to catch you again for a round three at some stage in the future. Yeah, absolutely. As always, I enjoy being on the show. All right, man. And uh, let's 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 keep abreast of all the other things you're working on as they come up. I will do. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep in touch for sure. All right, cool. Thanks, Ted. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, another action-packed hour with Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. What a cracker! The guys. Excellent. I can chat with them anytime. Always good stories, good actionable information, some huge ideas in there about, you know, the benefits of diving with a buddy. And like after watching his video again, I was reconvicted of being a better buddy and not being lazy with it, even if I'm diving with noobs all day. So, <laughs> uh, so eating my own medicine, so to speak. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Ted. And uh, I'm not sure where we're off to next. But uh, your recommendations are always welcome, as is your support on Patreon.com. Head over to Noob Sparrow and support us. Join the other patrons on there, powering the Noob Sparrow community. Thanks for your reviews on love on social media. As usual, get out, spare some fish, enjoy yourself, be safe. Shrek out. Now, I don't know about you, but I love new gear. And spearfishing.com.au have got a huge range mad flat shipping rate especially in australia and if you use the code noob Spira, you not only support us but you get twenty dollars off every purchase over two hundred dollars that's right pump in the code noob Spira at checkout n-o-o-b-s-p-e-a-r-o at spearfishing.com.au and you will save 20 bucks on every purchase over two hundred dollars no brainer thanks adreno